Hi, everyone, and welcome to Food Disruptors, where we have a special episode discussing the Seeding the Future Global Food System Challenge. This year, the Seeding the Future Foundation is funding their first annual Global Food System Challenge, which aims to inspire and support passionate, diverse, and multidisciplinary teams to create game-changing innovations that will help transform the food system to be more sustainable, make healthier diets more accessible, and empower consumers to make choices benefiting both personal and planetary health. The challenge will provide three levels of awards to incentivize food system innovators at different stages of their development. Grants and prizes will total up to one million US dollars annually. The Institute of Food Technologists is proud to officially launch the challenge and applications will open on June 7th. To learn more about the challenge, we're joined today by the founder of the Seeding the Future Foundation, Bernard Van Langrich and IFT CEO, Christy Tarantino-Dean. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Great to be here. Great to be here. So Bernard, I wanna start with you and, and learn a little bit about you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to create this foundation? Yes, Matt, thanks a lot. And first, uh, thanks for having me today. Um, I grew up in Germany. My parents had a bakery business and I was the oldest son and was supposed to take over the business. So I went through an apprenticeship as a baker and one as a pastry chef. When I was 15 years old, my dad passed away and I was too young to lead the business. So I went back to school, studied food science and technology and finished my PhD at the Technical University of Berlin. And then I had the privilege really uh, serving outstanding and stellar companies uh, like Unilever, Coperion, Nabisco, Bühler, and General Mills. I joined General Mills in 1994 and became a chief science officer and vice president for strategic technology. And in this role, uh, I led a game changer program to strengthen the company's innovation pipeline. I retired in 2015 and about a year before retirement, I visited several countries in East Africa together with a small team of partners in food solution. Partners in Food Solutions is a non-for-profit organization founded by General Mills, and the organization works with volunteers from uh, its technical communities of partners to support emerging food processors in sub-Saharan Africa. And the purpose for our trip was to learn more about the food value chain. We visited farmers, processors, small stores, retail outlets, and the interaction with one particular farmer and his family changed my way of thinking about our food system. The farmer's family was about 25 to 30 people, uh, maybe 15 children. They were all between about five to 12 years old. They were all stunted. The farmer was very undernourished, but the farmer was in a very good spirit. He showed us his small plot of land, his beehive. He had a chicken stall. And we could see that he and his family were living in extreme poverty. And at the end of our visit, we asked the farmer if he had one wish, what that would be. And he said, well, he currently had two chickens. And if he would have two more chickens that would provide more protein for his family, that, that would make his life much, much, much better. So then on the way back to the US, I realized that this world of undernutrition, chronic hunger, and extreme poverty I just left is less than a day away from a world where I live, a world of abundance of food, over 30% wasted, obesity, non-communicable diseases, caused by poor diets and overnutrition. And this realization shaped my, my core beliefs that we and future generations must be able to live in a world where everyone has equitable access to safe and nutritious food 
and that chronic hunger is unacceptable. So the experience from this journey were sort of a call for action for me. Although I realized that there was only so much that a small foundation would be able to do, I knew from my professional experience that most game-changing ideas start at a very small scale, come from passionate and diverse teams, and will have significant potential for a big impact once they are scaled. So this was the reason to create our family foundation, and we called it Seeding the Future. That sounds like such an impactful trip, and I, th- I think it's amazing just to hear your story of, of where you started um, and where you ended up and what you've done with your career and how that's sort of evolved into this this new venture. Let's dive in a little bit to the foundation itself and, and talk about the work that you're doing and, and the work you hope to do with it. Yes. Our foundation is a, it's a private, non-for-profit organization. We founded the foundation in 2015. And, and we have a vision that is a global food system that always provides equitable access to safe, nutritious, affordable, attractive, and trusted food for everyone while improving the health of people and planet. That's our vision. And our mission is, is to seed and support early and promising ideas and innovations that can help reach our vision. So our pro- we've, got, we've got a program, and the program has uh, three parts where we provide funding and support. The first part is foundational work supporting science, technology, and academia. The second part is we've got pilot projects in sub-Saharan Africa. The third part is this, this new exciting part of the program, the Seeding the Future Global Food Challenge, where we are very, you know, we're very privileged and, and honored to work with IFT and this exciting initiative. So if you want me to, I can elaborate a little bit on, on those three, um, if, if that is appropriate. We're definitely going to dive into the Global Food System Challenge, but you know, I actually want to turn to Christy real quick and understand how IFT and the Seeding the Future Foundation came together. Well, thanks, Matt. It's, um, it's a, a great story because Bernard has done so much for IFT um, as a leader and a volunteer in the organization. And so if you spend any time with Bernard, you know that he has a passion for the mission of his family foundation and for making a difference. And I got a call from Bernard one day um, asking to talk about his vision for this challenge and his belief that IFT would be a great partner. And we both agreed on that because our missions, the mission and vision of IFT aligned very well with the vision and mission of his family foundation. You know, our vision is a world where science and innovation are universally accepted as essential to a safe, nutritious, and sustainable food supply for everyone. And when you think about our vision and what Bernard hopes to do with this global food challenge, we fit perfectly together. Our members work in this space every day, and what a great opportunity for us and our experience in running programs and competitions and awards, bring that together with Bernard's vision to make it become a reality. We jumped at the chance to be a part of it. That's awesome. And, you know, knowing Bernard personally myself, I I can definitely understand that, you know, this is a great partnership and, and kind of a great person partnering with a great organization. So let's dive into the challenge. Bernard, 
why don't you tell me a little bit about what inspired you to create the challenge and how it's different from some other competitions that um, people might see out there? I saw firsthand the power of innovation from large global corporations to micro-entrepreneurs and smallholder farmers in Africa. And I strongly believe that big challenges can unlock significant potential. And what inspired me was the important and urgent need for action to improve our food system on many levels and in many geographies. And so we wanted to create a robust innovation pipeline of high-impact innovation by incentivizing the creation of great ideas at small or medium scale and also rewarding transforming innovations that can impact the health of consumer and environment and that are technically and economically feasible. And, you know, if you ask me how this is different from other competitions um, and, you know, realizing that there are many other competitions out there, I personally think there can't be enough competition, uh, uh, competitions out there because <laughs> we really need everyone to, to get to work on this because it's urgent it's, it's, and it's important. So everyone in the food space should uh, see this as a call for action. If you ask me about the difference between our challenge and others, I would say it's a consideration of the consumer aspect. So when we, when we talk about the food chain, we always talk from uh, farm to fork. And money flow, however, is in the opposite direction. So it goes from fork to farm. And it originates at the consumer, which makes the consumer the enabler of a functioning food system. So any innovation which, focus on, which focuses on any point in the food value chain would want to consider the perspective of the consumer. Otherwise, there's no, you know, there's no, no confirmation that this might work or might not work. And I think that's a unique part in, um, in, in, in our challenge, which is, um, which is not as you know, much pronounced in the challenges which are, uh, which are out there. That's great. Yeah, I think that's a great attitude to have as well in terms of, you know, this is such a, a daunting problem that we need a lot of effort behind it. And I think the fact that you're able to bring your experience and perspective to sort of augment this challenge in a, in a slightly unique way is, is really great for, um, you know, putting a different spin on things and maybe inspiring some different teams that, that haven't taken something like this on before. So, Christy, I want to I talk a little bit more about the partnership now with the information of the challenge in mind. I know you talked about the visions of both organizations aligning, um, but how does this challenge fit in with that partnership and, and the vision of IFT? Yeah, so I think if you go back to that vision, it's how do we, how do we bring that vision and mission to life of IFT? And we know that there are the challenges that Bernard has talked about in the world. We know that our members who work every day in the science of food have the ability to address those challenges. But many times there aren't the funds to really support the research and the work to bring um, solutions to those challenges. And so we believe that with the support of the Seeding the Future Foundation and our ability to reach a network of um, professionals in the science of food globally to make them aware of the opportunity um, to receive funding to work on these specific 
problems and challenges that we can start to see real change happen. And IFT has that global community and reach that we can bring to this to this challenge, to this issue, and partner with the foundation, I think, in, in a really great way and ultimately see the results. So very often we have small awards, small prizes. This is going to be impactful over years to come. And I, I think that's what really draws us to seeing real funding and resources being put towards finding these solutions. And, and in those resources, not just funding, but the people and the expertise that's needed to, to make this become a reality. And I think you're touching on a, on a great point there because, you know, IFT is, is really well suited to help bring this vision to life because of the expertise you have in, in running these programs, you know, aside from the fact that there's, you know, this giant network of, of professionals in the science of food, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we've been doing this for decades, running student competitions, running awards programs, leveraging our expertise in that area, as well as recently a food disruption challenge for startups that we've run for the last several years. And so we know what we've learned through those processes. And, and our team working with Bernard and his team has really been able to hone in on how to ensure that were thoughtful and the criteria for the grants, how the selection process will work, how the awarding of the grants will work so that it's we can focus on the actual work we want those who receive the grants to achieve and not stumble through the administration of the process. And I think that's why the partnership is so great for both of us. Excellent. And, and Bernard, I, I want to touch a little bit on the white space the challenge hopes to address. Could you elaborate on that a little bit and why you see this as such a significant area of opportunity? Yes, absolutely. By way of background, uh, the way we came to thinking about the white space, I, I say that the, uh, you know, as, as uh, many know, the Eat Lancet Commission issued a report in 2019 on food and the Anthropocene on healthy diets from sustainable food systems. And in this report, the commission is suggesting a number of key strategies. First, an international and national commitment toward healthy diet, um, the, the need for implementing sustainable agricultural practices towards more and higher quality outputs for human consumption, drastic reduction of food waste by at least 50%, a shift in policy to enable food systems changes, and a few other ones. And the report really provided us with uh, key insights and guidance to select several key domains for what we call white space. We also um, felt, coming back to the consumer aspect, to include the role of the consumer. So our white space for innovation, where we are looking for um, ideas, game-changing ideas, moonshot thinking, uh, this white space is at the intersect of three major domains. First, a safe and nutritious food for a healthy diet. Second, produced by sustainable means and with minimum food waste and food loss. And third, enabling better consumer choices that benefit personal and planetary health. And so we are not looking for something which brings a, let's say, silver bullet aspect to all of those at the same time. That, that is extremely challenging and there will be only 
maybe even a few only examples which which we can think of today which don't happen very often we we are, we are thinking about a key advantages in any of those three domains while not violating the others so for example if if there's an upcycling technology to come up with a nutritional healthful product that that would be good but if you use this in junk food that would not be good so there are a number of examples where um key um, I would say key advantages in any of these domains can make a significant impact as long as they uh, don't violate the other domains. You know, something that, that I'm going through in my mind, what, what sort of teams do you see applying for this challenge? Is this academia? Is this startups? Is it larger corporations? What sort of ap applicants are you searching for? Well, there are a couple of dimensions too when it comes to, you know, who would be, you know, would be probably suitable um, or what type of teams. From my experience, the, the, the best teams f for applying for these challenges are teams that are multidisciplinary, teams that have diverse thinking, teams where members could come from at least two, better three of these domains where we have a, a health aspect where we have a sustainability aspect and where we have a consumer aspect. I've yet to see a climate scientist or an environmentalist working with a food scientist in the lab and comes up with something where they ask consumers, how do you, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Um, communicating the benefit to a consumer in a compelling way um, is an important part of um, the, the consideration for a price. Um, when it, when it comes, so, so, so the first aspect is multidisciplinary, multicultural, um, different geographies, etc. Uh, so a, um, let's say a, a, a single, um, um, narrowing or narrow, let's say way of thinking would probably be less good than a team that is multidisciplinary and brings a number of different aspects to an innovation. And, and I've seen that in the past, um, happening. The, from, from a, an organizational perspective, challenge is for early stage for-profits and all non-for-profits. So uh, looking for applications from universities, from research institutions, from non-for-profit organizations around the world. Everyone can apply. When it comes to for-profit organizations, we are looking for early stage and, and pre-Series A organizations that are from the US. And we wanted to limit uh, the for-profit applicants to the U.S. first for simplicity reasons. We want to walk before we run. And over the years, we might expand this as well to for-profit organizations outside the U.S. But we are certainly not looking for uh, big food to apply. And, and, and uh, the, the focus is more on small ideas, uh, so great ideas on a small scale, I should say. Right. Well, yeah, I'm definitely definitely looking forward to to seeing sort of the, the outcome of that. I want to turn now to, to maybe the bigger picture and, and talk about what you both hope to achieve with the challenge and, and what the challenge can achieve. So Bernard, I'll, I'll start with you. You know, what, what do you hope, especially for this first year, that we'll achieve with the challenge? Well, for the first year, our hope certainly is to inspire uh, collaboration across disciplines, cultures, diverse thinkers, and innovators, sort of a call, a call for action. Or, you know, in the in the in the midterm, we'd like to create a robust and a powerful innovation pipeline that, over time, leads to transformative changes 
And ultimately, obviously, we are looking for impact, a major positive impact over time on the health of people and planet. And I should say that the in, in, in the first year, um, we will have more than 10, more than or about 10 winners. Second year, we'll have another 10 winners uh, for, small, for small awards, for medium awards, and for the prizes. And over time, we like to create an innovation community. We'd like to create a network where the winners can connect with um, venture capital. They can connect with other stakeholders in the food value chain. So their ideas can be picked up. Uh, and the, the, also the, uh, the expectation is that when the, the challenge is giving out prices, there will be a, a network being established to, let's say, the, the other side of the bridge. So you could see a grand prize being bridge fund to uh, receive more funds to uh, you know to the second the second phase of scaling if you will wow yeah no definitely i love that vision christy what are your thoughts here yeah i think what you just heard matt and you know is what makes me love my job um, <laughs> as an association executive you know many times we work for organizations and professions. And we don't always see the full impact of the work that we do um, in supporting those professionals come to life and make a, make a real difference. And I think that for me, the ability to really shine a light on the positive work that people in the science of food do every day to improve lives is a great outcome that I hope we'll see as a result of this grant program. Many times, People don't want to hear or um, accept science in the formation of their food, but we know because we're close to it and don't as well tell the story as we as we could as a community that there's so much important work being done and really work that is going to improve the lives of people for, for generations to come. And I think this program really supports that vision and I'm excited that we get to be a part of it. I'm excited that wonderful, smart people working in the science of food will get the opportunity to apply uh, for these grants and, and work on things that will make a difference. And so I'm thrilled that Bernard selected us to be a partner with him on this. Me too, by the way. There was no, there was not a split second in my, <laughs> there was not a split second in my mind. I thought, you know, there's only one organization who can who can pull this off with the network, the capability, the capacity, the heart, um, and and the people. Uh, and and I've been with IFT so long. I've been on, uh, Christy knows. You know, I've been on feeding tomorrow's board, and uh, and I had uh, I had the, the privilege to have you know insight. Uh, into the organization and uh, there was never ever a, a doubt in my mind that this would be the best organization uh, that can do this well thank you bernard we uh we, you can tell we we have high admiration for each other this is a, a mutual admiration society and i think that um it's exciting it is. Um, and we can't wait for everyone to learn more about it and for the application process to open up yes right and you know, maybe maybe as a last word for our conversation here, I, I want to talk to both of you about your hope for the food system um, moving forward. You know, I, five, ten, I don't know, fifty years. You, you know, moving into the future, what what do we what do we hope to achieve? So, Christy, I'll start with you, and then we'll give Bernard the last word. 
Yeah, you know, I, I come at it from a learning perspective as well as not being um, a food scientist or someone who's relatively new um, speaking in terms of understanding more about the food system. For me, I think my hope is that we can make real change in making the system more sustainable, that we can reach that vision of healthy and nutritious food that is acceptable to people and and affordable to them. And I know there's work being done every day to work towards that goal. And I just hope that we can start to see that change. We're seeing it already. We know that companies are focused on sustainability, but we also live in a very rich nation here in the U.S. And so my hope is that other parts of the world through a program like this will start to see um, innovations and and changes so that they can prosper the way that we do here in the U.S. and in other developed countries around the world. And, and I'm excited um, to see the impact of, of this particular program years to come, but but I know that the community is working hard across the board to, to ensure that we can feed 10 billion people um, in the future. It's not going to come without innovation and without science. Yeah, and I think this challenge definitely sounds like a, a good place to to start. Bernard, what, what about you? I would, um, I would start this five years first. Um, Initially, I thought I'd start with 50, but then I changed my mind. So, um, because that's a tough one. Um, the, the five years uh, goal, I think, or my, my hope for the next five years, or, you know, if you look, if I look forward, I, I think we should have a very robust pipeline of scalable innovations across the food system from all competitions that are out there. There, there are really great competitions out there Rockefeller, Food Chart, uh, MIT. XPRIZE, many outstanding competitions. And I think we should have more of those coming out and, um, and then have a robust pipeline for our food system for scalable innovations. Five years from now, we should have uh, policy shifts in place. We should have a policy that provides an environment for food value chain stakeholders and consumers to enable food choices that benefit both health and environment and people's health and the, the, the health of the earth. Currently, uh, there's, there's a lack of policy tools to actually communicate to the consumer environmental benefits, health benefits to, certain, to, to a large degree. Um, and, and lastly, I would uh, be hopeful in five years from now that we have demonstrated and implemented more tools and business models that have major impact on eliminating chronic hunger, uh, coming back to our original um, impetus for, for uh, the foundation. And 10 years from now, uh, in 2030, uh, I hope and I'm optimistic, but we have to work on it, is that we have reached SDG2, zero hunger eliminated, have chronic hunger eliminated. Unfortunately, we are, not, we are not on the right path right now, so we have to work on it. My hope is that we have reduced the food waste by over 50%. And lastly, I would hope that 10 years from now, we have arrived on a broad scale at a balanced diet that reduces and eliminates environmental impact and environmental burden caused by an imbalance of animal-based and plant-based food consumption. The 50-year goal is a little tough, but, but if you look back 10 to 50 years, it's so amazing how many advances, discoveries, and positive changes we have seen in science and technology that are benefiting society. And so as far as the food system is concerned, I'm, I'm convinced that positive and transform, transformative changes will happen, but we do have to work on it. 
And lastly, my, my personal hope is that our children and grandchildren will, will live in a world that sustainably provides equitable access to safe, nutritious, affordable, and attractive food. Well, there's definitely a lot to be done, so let's get to work. I want to thank both of you for joining me today. I really appreciate learning about the challenge and looking forward to seeing the call come out on June 7th and, and seeing this whole thing move forward. Um, if our listeners are enjoying Food Disruptors, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes or by connecting with IFT. You can find us at IFT on Twitter and by searching Institute of Food Technologists on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening to Food Disruptors. I'm your host, Matt Teagarden. Have a great day, everyone.